Good evening and welcome into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shopta at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, David Jones, IPOP editor on the Twitters, coming to you after... Well, the Cardinals were supposed to play in Philadelphia this weekend. I'm not sure they ever actually arrived there, David, because this was... I mean, we've seen bad stuff, but this is... Like, we keep hitting low low spots, but this is another one of them. I can only assume that you turned the game off too early because I saw the Cardinals down by eight in the ninth inning come back and score nine runs and walk it off. Uh, are we that, talking that, about the same Cardinals? No, we are not. Oh, okay. That, you, you, uh, you went down a little farther on your MLB app and you hit the Springfield game. Uh, so that's what happened. Oh, so seeing a win must have been an anomaly tied yeah. to the Cardinals. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, okay. Just, so, I, I just I just put out on Twitter that the, the uh, Springfield scored more runs in the ninth today than the Cardinals have in four games. So that's that's where you want to know where the, the major league team is at. Um, <laughs> I think that's uh, – and they scored more in this game than the Cardinals had all week long total combined. It's been a week. It's been a week for sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of weeks where you can find some sort of highlights. But if this is what playing now the string is like, I am so glad the Cardinals don't do it very often. Oh, you know, I I knew it was bad when I realized without us even talking that both of us were watching the Springfield game on Saturday when Roby was pitching Mm -hmm. and then talking to my other friends who are Cardinals fans, they were texting me about CJC and Victor Scott and Roby (laughs) and things like that. No one's saying a word about the big, big league team. And that's the point where we've gotten to where people are now starting just to either completely dismiss this team and say, you know, forget it's not even worth my time or they've turned their eyes to the minor league team to see what's going on because it is some pathetic baseball, you know, as I sat down here and we started talking tonight, I thought, you know, we we put in 30 minutes of effort, if you want to call it that, for this <laughs> show. And I wondered if that's more than what some of the players and some of the veterans are putting in right now. I, I hate to even say mm-hmm. that because you don't want to think that, you know, a team with the legacy of the Cardinals, a team with the heritage, um, that these guys would have already quit. But, you know, you watch some of these games and wonder if these guys have – their golf clubs just waiting in the locker room so they can go out and play around as soon as this is over. And they're just like, Mm. you know, let's just get this done with it. They have no heart. Uh, They can't hit the ball. Even when the pitching's good, the offense doesn't show up. You just wonder like, have they just given up on the season and just said, forget about it. Uh, I mean, injuries are popping up every day for new people. We're just not seeing any fight out of this team. And and maybe you don't need fight. Maybe you don't need the guy that's turning over the table in the clubhouse and, um, yelling and screaming and trying to ask people where their motivation is. Maybe you don't need that at this point because the season's over, but come on. I mean, this is just pathetic. I got to think that if you are talking about, yeah, the very demonstrative flipping tables and stuff like that. I mean, that's, that's not going to go over well in this situation, right? I mean, that's just going to be like, who is this guy? <laughs> you know I mean? Who, who are you to, you know, get that fired up about a team that is, you know, 20 something games under 500 or whatever the case may be. It's just like, okay, we can get fired up and we can go out and win and it doesn't matter. And I'm not saying that they, you can't motivate them or try to get a little bit of something, but to go over the top, 
works in some situations and it just backfires in others. Right. And I think this would be one of those, those times. Um, I, yeah, I hate this. You know, you're right. I, I don't want to say that they're not trying because I think they are, but there's also, uh, you know, if you get down a, a run or two in the first inning, which they often do, it's gotta be really hard not to say, here we go again. Um, you know, and if you're just playing, if you're playing for the competition of the season, obviously that's done. If you're playing for the competition every night, that's, that's something, you know, if you're, but you've always been conditioned not to play for your numbers. Right. So you can't just go out there and just try to hit a home run every time either, just because it's going to pad your, pad your stats and, you know, maybe get you some more in arbitration. Uh, although, you know, a lot of these hitters are not even going to go there. So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there is a, a thing of how do you get fired up for a game at the end of August when people are dragging, even in the best of situations, when you just know, man, I got a whole nother month of this. And then, I mean, nothing we do matters. That, that's got to be, it's got to be depressing. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I heard Adam Wainwright on the radio a few weeks ago, and he said, when you get to the point where you start kind of checking out mentally, uh, where you start maybe doubting your own abilities and questioning things about how the season's going and giving up on the team, he said, once you check out mentally, you really cannot flip that switch back on. He said, once it's gone, it's gone. And he said, you lose that edge and you just cannot get it back. And I wonder if that's what's happened with some of these guys. Once the trade deadline came and went, once it was the realization sunk in that, yeah, this season's a lost cause, it's over. I wonder if they just lost that edge. You know, I think they're still going out and they're trying to play. They're trying to get hits. But once you lose that edge, you lose something else. And I feel like that's what we're seeing. These guys just don't have it. Um, it's it just doesn't mean what it would in like in past years. And then on top of that, when you lose that mental edge and you're going out and playing in a heat index, it's triple digits. Mm -hmm. uh, you're battling some nagging injuries. You just don't have much left to give. And I think that's what we're seeing. And unfortunately it it's resulting in just ugly baseball. And here we are sitting with, I believe the fifth worst Becker fifth worst mm -hmm. record in the major league baseball right now. And, if things don't change, that's probably about where they're going to finish the year. Yeah. I mean, I just put some stuff up on the sub stack today and that was one of them listing out the records and they're, you know, they're about four games clear of the White Sox for fourth. Uh, you know, maybe there's some shifting around there. The White Sox have their own issues and stuff like that. And it's possible. I didn't look, but you know, the pirates are only two games ahead of the Cardinals. It's possible they can move a little bit, uh, but it's not going to be much. And it's really, you know, you know, what's, the difference between drafting, well, without the lottery, uh, you know, fifth or sixth or seventh is not just huge, um, especially in the situation you're at. So, you know, that's not going to matter much anyway. They're going to, they're, they're probably not going to lose a hundred games. I mean, they'd have to go six and twenty-five, and that's possible. But it seems even even for this team, feels like a little bit too much of a of a collapse. Um, so yeah, it's just. It's not even going to be like interestingly bad. <laughs> it's just going to be bad. Um, and it's just an edge of trying to get through it. And you look, I mean, look at this August schedule. And the, and in some ways you're like, okay, well, they played a lot of teams that weren't good. They played the Rockies. They played the Royals. They played the A's. They played the Mets. They played the Pirates. It didn't do well against them. But like you said, if if you're going out there 
and you go into August and you're like, okay, well, at least we can play spoiler. Well, then you play a whole lot of teams that there's nothing to spoil. Um, you know, you do can, I can see how you could lose that edge. I mean, you know, they, they were able to beat the, the Rays two out of three. Right. And, um, but that's about the highlight of the whole month. And it's, it's just got to beat down on you to the point that, yeah, I can see how not, you just can't get that energy left. It's just like you need that, those few months off to come back to spring training with a whole new attitude. Yeah. And you know, the guys that you see the most out of, I guess the most energy are usually the guys that are the young players that get called up the Palacios the wins, the, mm-hmm. the bakers guys like that, that uh, they're getting their shot and they're getting their shot to stay with the club for the rest of the year and possibly make an impression on next year. And that's why, you know, I don't mind seeing those guys in the lineup. Uh, guys that, you know, might, you know, we know when is going to be around and things like that. But, you know, some of these guys that are kind of iffy guys, sure, let them play. If if these guys are fired up and they're going to go out there and play great defense and play their heart out, sure, let them go out and play. You lose, you lose. But at least, you know, some of these Memphis guys have some fire under them still. Um, but, yeah, I think reality set in for a lot of us several weeks ago, and now we're just really having to come to terms and acceptance of what's going on. And um, for all intents and purposes, we're already turning our attention to the off season and what the Cardinals might do, unfortunately. Yeah. I, you know, I, I looked in a way it's funny. We're talking a lot about the offense, which is fair because I, I looked and they've put up since August came along, they've scored about a run less per game. Um, and then the pitching staff has given up a run more per game. So that's a really interesting combination um, of misery. Um, we saw Dakota Hudson kind of come back to earth this week. It, we finally, though, I guess if we're going to look for any kind of high point for this weekend, and there were not many, it was Luke and Baker hitting his first home run. And then uh, Drew Rom, except for the leadoff bomb to Schwarber, pitching pretty well today, which was a little bit surprising given the team that he was going up against. Yeah. Uh, good numbers from him. You know, his, his last start, that first inning, he, he actually got robbed a little bit. Uh, bad defensive play that hurt him. Uh, a, a wild pitch pass ball that, that hurt him as well. He probably should have been out of the inning with no runs given up. And then after that, everything just kind of fell apart. And so I kind of felt bad for him because it really wasn't all his fault. Uh, and then when things started caving in, they just really caved in. Today, we saw a bounce back from him. I, you know, I've always I, I've always felt like as much as I've seen him pitch, which is about four or five games now, mm-hmm. his fastball just will not play at the major league level. But today he showed it can actually be somewhat effective. So, you know, I was happy to see that from him. Uh, I mentioned Roby earlier. Roby looked really good last night. If we're just, you know, mm-hmm. kind of zeroing in on some of the guys that came over in trades. And so there's a bright spot right there. Uh, so JC hitting for the cycle this week uh, was was another thing. Uh, so there are some bright spots, but they just tend to be among the players who are a little bit a ways away, not the players who are actually supposed to be leading the team right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, granted, again, we've talked about this a lot. I'm not watching the game regularly, but it feels like man, you just, you don't hear anything about Contreras or Goldschmidt or Arnado or anything. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, they're, they're putting up numbers. Obviously Goldie hit a home run in the first game that gave a, the Cardinals a, a brief lead. 
I mean, they're still doing their stuff and maybe that's fine, but it just doesn't seem like there's much buzz around them. Um, but there doesn't, you know, except for, like I said, when coming up, I don't feel like there's much buzz around basically anybody, which is crazy. If you had said at the beginning of the year that by, by the time the calendar flips to September, we're not really even talking much about Jordan Walker. I don't think anybody would have believed you. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You mentioned the big three, because I was thinking the same thing. I thought, you know, they, it just doesn't seem like they're doing anything right now. So I actually looked up their recent stats. Paul Goldschmidt has actually been really, really good in like the last two weeks. Uh, kind of surprised me a little bit, but he's been really good. He's just hitting and nobody's on base. And Ooh. so runs aren't coming in. Arenado, Contreras, some of the other guys. Yeah, it's been pretty rough lately with, with what they've done. And then it's kind of hard to name anybody else because the Cardinals have kind of had to throw in some random people. Uh, Tyler O'Neill seems to hurt everything. And so the knee issues got him out, back issues got him out. So it's hard to look at his numbers. Uh, Jordan Walker, a little bit of a struggle down the stretch. Um, we've seen a highlight player too from Mason Wynn. Uh, but I think those are things that we'd be seeing all over Twitter a whole lot more if the Cardinals were actually in first place and he's making these plays. Yeah. And so in some ways it feels a lot like spring training with what we're seeing right now. Yeah. And I mean, there, <coughs> excuse me, there is a little bit of that, except for the fact that the games still actually count. Um, which is, sort of, <laughs> sort of. Well, I mean, they yeah. count on the record, you know, yes. when you go back in years to come, you will be able to look these up and like from spring training games. But yeah, I mean, it's got that feel to it, except that there's still some questionable usage of the players, right? I mean, we've seen a little bit more of use of Luke and Baker, which is great. You know, Nolan Gorman comes off the injured list and then doesn't play the first game. Um, it's still, I mean, we have seen Mason win pretty much every day. Um, he sat most of today, which I thought was part of, you know, Hey, he's going to have to sit one or two games for that rookie of the year eligibility. And then they bring him in into the eighth inning. Um, after, after Baker had pinch hit for, uh, I don't remember now. It doesn't matter. Um, but it, it still isn't quite a full, just start looking at next year. Right. I mean, there's still some, it's still like they're trying to hold on to some sort of competitiveness a little bit. Yeah. And I, I mean, you have to do that. Yeah. There's, which we are seeing them pull their guys kind of like spring training. They pull their guys after about the sixth or seventh inning when the game's a blowout, which makes sense. Yeah, and I did see they've got a back problem. Yeah. <laughs> and I did see uh, Jeff Jones put out a tweet where he said that um, some of these injuries might be injuries that if the Cardinals were in first place, the guys play through, but there's absolutely no reason to have them try to play through injuries mm -hmm. this time of year with the heat this bad um, when you're not competing. And, and so that is the case there too. Uh, but you know, I, You'd love to see a lineup, nothing against Taylor Motter, but you'd love to see a lineup without Taylor Motter at some point because yeah. you have better guys in there. Um, it kind of reminds me of last year at certain times where the Cardinals would have five guys in the lineup that you'd think, okay, these guys can hit. And then it was just like a black hole of nothingness uh, when you got to about the sixth spot. Um, but again, it, it doesn't really matter at this point, but it's tough on the viewer. Um there's uh, other than maybe trying to watch for Wainwright or Walker or win the three W's there. Mm -hmm. uh, there's not a whole lot of reason to watch uh, except just that fans like to watch their team as hard as it is. 
Yeah, because there is going to come a time in December or January, probably January especially, where you're going to wish there was baseball on TV, right? I mean, there's just there, there comes a time in that winter that you kind of wish they were playing. Um, and so you, you do kind of want to watch it while you can. But there's also a lot of different things that can compete for that attention. And, you know, the Cardinals aren't necessarily doing their best job of competing for that attention with what they do. So, um, you know, obviously we get into that last month. We're going to get into some of those late last last games, probably a lot more, you know, trying to figure out if Adam Wainwright can get to, to 200, even 199 at this point. Um you know, some of that last little buzz of him at, at home. Um, but like, I, I think I was, I think it was to talk about birds guys on their podcast. They were talking about how, how disappointing it's been this year to not have any of that kind of buzz around. I, you know, like we did last year with Yachty and Pujols and all them, it's not only not a good season for him, it's not a good season for the team. And so he just kind of, he kind of slips out the door. I mean, we're going to, he's going to get his moment in the sun to some degree, but it's not, it's not the way you draw it up. Yeah, you want him to go out having a huge send-off in the regular season finale at Bush, knowing that the playoffs are still to come and there's mm-hmm. possibly more to come. Um, I think now at this point, you know, I still hope they pack Bush for his, not just his last start, but even his last game, because he has said that he will be picking up a bat at some point this year <laughs> and pinch hitting. Um, you know, he had really good numbers at Pittsburgh, like a 370 average or something like that. Might as well have just put him in the DH spot for all those games. It would have been a little sure. fun at least to watch. I would have tuned it a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, it, he he deserves a better send-off than he's getting. I hope the fans still make it very, very special for him and what's going on. But um, really wish this would have gone a lot differently. I, I'm not in the camp that's going to say he should have retired last year with Yachty and Pujols. No, it, the, let the guy make a decision. Let him go out on his own time. He didn't participate in all the fanfare last year because I think he knew he wanted to come back another year. Uh, I just wish things had gone differently, both for him from a pitching standpoint, but also really for the whole team at this point. I will say, I mean, I'm not going to tell you that Adam Wainwright made the wrong decision, but Adam Wainwright did what he wanted to do. But I do think, I do wonder um, if he'd had a strong September instead of kind of, Falling off, if he might not have tried to go out on that high note, um, and I think if he didn't know how this season would have gone, he he would have just taken that and gone. But but you know, it gave him another year, it gave him another contract, it gave him another chance to have some money to to do the the good work that he does. So, I mean, and he gave us another year of Adam Wainwright, even if it's not the year that we would have liked to have, we still have Adam Wainwright around. And if nothing else, it may have even given us the what we didn't realize at the time was the only highlight of the season with him singing the national anthem on opening day. <laughs> so, I mean, ever since then, things have gone downhill. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe that was it. But um, so there, there, obviously, yeah, there's obviously good things. Now, you and I were talking this week. Um, you got the, you, you saw the report on Matthew Liebertor, because Matthew Liebertor, much like Nolan Gorman, much like Tyler O'Neill, got put on the injured list with a back problem. Um, in the descriptions that you were hearing and, and you do some, some training, you, you kind of caught your eye. You want to talk about that? Sure. Uh, so outside of my nine to five, I do work as a certified personal trainer. Uh, so 
I don't know everything. I'm still learning, but I know a little bit about things. And the thing that really caught my eye came from a tweet from John Denton. Um, and it said something about, and I, I think it was the actual John Denton. I hope it was. I wasn't looking at like one of the scam accounts. Sometimes you just never know. But it said that uh, Matthew Liebertor hurt his back doing deadlifts in the weight room under the observation of trainers. Well, what's funny is I had a conversation with one of my clients this week and she was telling me, she said, when I was in physical therapy, when I would do deadlifts, sometimes my back would hurt. But now that I've started doing them with you, my back doesn't hurt anymore. And I realized my back was hurting because I was dropping too low. It was rounding my back and I was lifting with my back instead of my legs. Now, a deadlift is meant to, to be, you, you use your legs. You do not use your back. If you are using your back, you are lifting wrong. You're going too far down. You're rounding your back. And I know this is much more technical information than people want to know. But basically, I'll just to put it simply, if you hurt your back doing a deadlift, it means either you're, you have poor form or you're lifting way too much weight and you shouldn't be lifting that much weight. That is troublesome if you hear that on from a Cardinals player that he hurt his back doing a deadlift because, like I said, it means either poor form or it means too much weight. Neither of which should happen when the training staff is there with you. Now, things can happen sometimes. You can tweak some things. The body, you know, the kinetic chain, yes, that happens. I've hurt my back doing deadlifts before too, usually if I'm doing something wrong. But I will say this, you do not, if that happens, you do not want that information going public because it is a very, very poor reflection, not only of the player for doing a lift wrong, who's supposed to be professional, but it is a very poor reflection of the training staff who apparently was there <laughs> observing and watching what was going on because some, either something wasn't right or something freaky and random happened, but it makes you look inept. So when I hear that, and then you also hear about all these other back injuries with Nolan Gorman and Tyler O'Neill, and it seems like everybody else on the Cardinals team, and you know Wainwright missing the beginning of the season because of a weight room injury, mm-hmm. that is not a good look. Now, these could all be random coincidences, could be completely isolated, but these things start stacking up. Lots of back problems we're hearing about, and something just isn't right here. Like mm-hmm. for guys this young to be having back issues this often and to have back issues that are putting them out this long, that is not a good thing uh, th- that can carry with you for a long time. I don't know if it all is. You can point back to the weight room and say, that's where the culprit is, but it's not a good look when that information gets out that these injuries have happened in the weight room under the observation of training staff. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, you know, you're right with now when you do factor in what Joe Jeff Jones had with the idea that, you know, some of these, the ones like, like Nolan Arenado left a game with a back issue. Um, but again, it, it wasn't enough to keep him out of the, he, I think he played the next day or the day after it wasn't a long-term thing, but still, I mean, when you see a lot of this, you start to wonder if, if there is either, either everybody in the league is having back problems and we don't hear about it as much because we're not following those teams or there is something off here. I mean, it, it just, it is weird to have a similar injury on all these guys. Um, and like I said, I don't, I trust me, I know nothing about working out and you can, I can prove that. Um, but um, yeah, my back hurts because of all the weight on the front. Um, but I, you know, still, it still seems a little bit strange to be seeing 
all that. Now, of course, you know, Wainwrights was not even there. Um, but, you know, Tyler O'Neill has been hurt for a number of years. And I assume, that, I mean, I think the training staff's been there for a while. I don't, I don't know that that's had any kind of turnover, definitely not the head trainer or anything like that. So I don't know. I mean, you would like to think they they were competent and stuff like that, but it may be just, it, you know, sometimes it's just even just one thing is, is being taught just slightly wrong if you don't even realize it. And that can lead to a, a bigger problem. So I, I think it'll be, I don't expect that we'll see anything, but it, it would be interesting in the off season if we started hearing a little bit about them changing over training staff, then there, then I think there might be some indication that there was something more than just, random coincidence to all that yeah very true and i heard somebody on a radio morning show say well should these guys even be doing heavy lifting or working out during the season when they have to play well yeah especially pitchers you can do that and still be fresh and still be fine now you're not going to go in and you're not going to bench 350 on the day that you're supposed to be throwing and things like that Mm -hmm. but yeah you got to get your legs stronger and that's what they need. They've been wanting to do with Libertor. They've wanted to get his legs stronger because your power is going to come from your legs. That's where the fastball command and the fastball velocity is going to come from. Uh, so you want to get his legs a lot stronger. The guy, the guy could really afford to put on 15 to 20 pounds and he'd be fine. Uh, but you've got to know what you're doing. Uh, now, like I said, could be a completely isolated thing. And it could have been one of those things where you had 15 guys in a weight room lifting and there's one trainer in there watching, you know, kind of just kind of like you see in a high school gym. And this is how he hurt himself. Mm-hmm. Um, could have been, you know, could have been doing something completely different. I don't know. So I don't want to make too many conclusions from this. You know, you hear that the the weight room warrior on the Cardinals is Miles My- Michaelis. He's like the strongest dude on the team. And, uh, he's the one that's in the weight room more than anybody. And the guy's been healthy quite a bit. So, um, obviously he knows what he's doing. It seems like, but it, it just seems a little bit weird for that information, especially to leak out that he hurt his back doing deadlifts. That, that Like that's one of those things that, you know, in the gym culture that people will make fun of you for in some ways, you know, do you even lift bro? You know, those type of things. Cause it just doesn't, add up it's that's not how it's supposed to be done um yeah like you said we may see some change over this off season uh i just i hated hearing that but i really hated even more that that information got out there because i don't know how it got out there but you that's not something that looks good for both the team or the player that being said if it was john denton it's not necessarily 100 percent true so <laughs> you know he may have heard you know dead day got dead lift who knows i mean i it's it's always an adventure to know what you're getting out of a john didden tweet so he said he um, did it doing a warm-up set as well which you know warm-up should mean lighter weight but um who knows who knows yeah no no telling but again i think i think a large part of this is the fact that they're so far out of it that they're not pushing it with people because especially I mean, maybe Libertor, maybe something else, but you know, some of these guys, you got to feel like they were in a hunt. They might give them a day or two off, and but they're not going to put them on the injured list. You know, that being said, you know, uh, Newbar, they put Newbar on after a couple of days, and I, it seems like he's needed it. Um, I was a little bit surprised to see that he was still. I mean, I don't think there's. I think they're talking about him coming off when he, when he's ready, but there's still not a whole lot of talk about of him his return and what that's going to mean. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's just kind of one of those things with, it's just, 
you know what in the last 10 days they've put five or six people on the injured list and some of that's just got to be the fact that we're just we're not going to risk it we're going to do this and maybe that gives us a chance to see what jacob barnes has you know um and so when we cut him this winter we won't feel bad about it um although i guess he pitched today and pitched pretty well so maybe maybe they will who knows um anything else that's caught your eye this week um Probably not at the major league level, I would guess. I mean, the Cardinals probably made Nola a whole lot of money today. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'm going to keep my eye on AAA, double. Oh, well, Chase Davis had six RBIs today. Let's mm-hmm. put that out there. Zach Levinson hit a home run. Uh, so there's some guys at Palm Beach doing well. But, yeah, I can't, I can't say much about St. Louis right now. <laughs> yeah, and this isn't getting – and I think we've talked about this. You know, this is not going to get any better. Now – if they are able to find whatever kind of edge, you know, they're going to have a very competitive um, rest of the way. You know, the Padres in town tomorrow, although they've got their own issues, and then the Pirates. But after that, it's, you know, Braves, Reds, Orioles, Phillies, Brewers, Padres, Brewers, Reds uh, to end the season. You play a lot of teams that are going to be playing in October or trying to play in October. Um, you know, if, if, if motivation's an issue, you know, maybe that helps. Maybe they're able to, you know, go out and play hard against the Reds and the Orioles trying to let them earn their way into October instead of just getting an extra three wins against the Cardinals. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. But I also know that, you know, Adam Wadenwright is probably going to pitch against the Braves, and I don't know that that's a good thing. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so much optimism right there. Um, <laughs> but no, it's realism. And I didn't say it was a bad thing. I said, I don't know if it's a good thing. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's when, you talk about, for optimism. when you talk about what to look forward to, my, like at this point, my mind just goes to like, oh, I wonder if they have any good bobblehead nights coming up because that's about where I'm at at this point. You saw the Aussie bobblehead they got I coming up. I did, out. yeah. That, one, that one's worth uh, checking out on eBay afterwards for <laughs> <laughs> then realize when somebody's selling it for a hundred bucks and it's like, well, never mind. Um, yeah, look, I, I it is. I'm just kind of, I was while we're talking, looking at the schedule, I was kind of looking through the um, giveaways that are, are mentioned. Uh, that Aussie one is probably the best one besides the last game of the year with the Adam Wainwright guitar. I'm putting guitar in quotes because it's a ukulele. Um, but they call it a guitar, so we'll go with it. Um, those are probably the best ones left uh although there's some still some interesting ones and if they're uh 30,000 or they're 15,000 or more you probably still got a good chance of getting one because they're probably not going to be 15,000 people <laughs> well maybe i you know you just brought back a bad memory i remember years ago years ago the cardinals did a mark mcguire bobblehead night while he was still playing mm-hmm. and this was before they were doing the specialty tickets and uh my dad took me to the game and I was so excited. Well, what happened was you had all these, I guess, scalpers buying like 20 tickets a piece and just going through the turnstiles 20 times, mm-hmm. taking them all back to their car and never stayed for the game. Yep. I never got my bobblehead. Never. Um, <sighs> and they were on eBay within 10 minutes. So yeah. you, might, you might have some of that. You might just have the guys showing up with their tickets, grab the souvenir and then heading out. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, there's no doubt even people that aren't doing it, even people that just want the bubblehead may be doing that um, by the time things come around. But yeah, and that's that's frustrating. I mean, it's one thing to, you know, 25,000 people or whatever it is, you know, get, get there before you do or whatever. 
but you know when it's a lot of those people trying to make a buck then it's that's a little bit frustrating so um because i'm sure let's pull up ebay real quick i bet they're already listed for pre-sale um uh let's see ozzy smith wizard bobblehead let's see yeah um Thirty-five dollars looks like what it's going for now. But if you want to buy it now, it's fifty. Hmm. So, um, you know, if you want to get in, get in on that, um, it's gonna it's gonna cost you. But it's you know, <laughs> can be yours, can be yours. So, all right. Well, we killed thirty minutes. Um, somehow, it's always amazing. Which even when they don't give you a whole lot to talk about, we can figure it out somehow. So. Uh, David and I will probably be back with you next week unless we just decide that Labor Day weekend is the time to not labor over this team, but we will find out that. <laughs> we'll see how frustrated we are next <laughs> Sunday before we do have to record. But until then, for David, I'm Daniel. Good night. See ya. Hey, Cardinals fans. Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under Podcasts and click Subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.